is Truth Talks. Welcome back, everyone, to the Truth Talks podcast. I am your host, Buddy Boone. With me today is the pastor of Bellcroft Bible Church. His name is uh, Bishop Matt White. How oh, you doing no. today, sir? No, no bishop, brother. <laughs> just a brother. No bishop, just a brother. You know, I've been waiting a long time. I was like, I got to call him Bishop. Oh, man. Just one good time. Yeah. Yeah. I, I've been called the Bishop of Bowie more than once. Really? And, oh, yeah. No, really? Yeah, no no Bishop. No Bishop. <laughs> Why the Bishop of Bowie? I don't know if it's the double B or what it is. Oh, but, yeah. yeah. I, I know that very well. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. yes, you do. Well, it's good to uh, be back behind a microphone with you once again and, uh, you know, just to kind of talk through some things that have been uh, happening and what you have been preaching about as well. A lot of things happening. Yeah, a lot of things are happening right now. And uh, I was telling you off mic that the biggest thing that I have been struggling to do and pressing very hard to do is keep my focus on Christ. Oh, my. Yes. Versus yes. <laughs> everything else is going on in the world. Yes. And, you know, what's funny is like, since we are more connected, like, you know, we have telephones and well, mm. telephones, cell phones, and we have, you know, the news and you internet. Know, everything, the internet. It's yeah. like information is, is put out so quickly about mm. every single thing. It's like, yeah. you know, you could literally go all day and just listen and listen and listen. So it's not healthy. Yeah. So I've been, you know, trying to pull back a lot and, Instead of focusing on what's going on in the world, focusing on Christ. So yes. that's been a, a big struggle for me. And, you know, with with all the things that are going on, we always are. It's, it's a stimulation thing. It's like we are stimulated by those things and we want to, you know, see it and all the time. So yeah, I'd, yeah. Say, I'd say we're distracted by those things. That, yep. Great word. Distracted. Yeah. Yep. yeah pulled away. Mm-hmm. Pulled away from uh not only what matters most, but even where peace is found, mm-hmm. right? And yeah. uh, where joy is ultimately sourced and where truth ultimately comes from, Christ, yeah. right? And uh, live in a world of chaos, confusion, and lies. And the last thing we need is to go away from Christ. Mm-hmm. We need to immerse, submerge, saturate ourselves even more with mm-hmm. Christ, obviously through his word. That's how, that's how you do that. So we need to lean into the word even more as we watch our land fall apart. Yeah. That's what we need. And praise the Lord. We can do that and that we have answers and that we have no fear and there's no reason to be uh, confused in the midst of these chaotic times because the word of God is, is clear Mm. and the word of God brings hope and confidence. Yeah. I can keep going. Yeah. I mean, you can keep going. That's <laughs> what we need. Yeah. We're going to see, you're going to see that more and more, more and more people dealing with anxiety, fear, worry, uh, doubts, the whole gamut of emotional responses born out of uh, multiple factors, but a, a, a weakened belief system. Mm-hmm. Never forget this. Your behavior is always driven by your belief. Hmm. They go hand in hand. It's the belief that that is really the springboard for your behavior. Ultimately, it's the lack of belief, obviously. So it's the heart that drives the mouth. Obviously, the heart is the belief center of the life. Mm-hmm. And so as you find yourself, you know, going through uh, chaotic times and 
dealing with issues of fear and doubt and worry and anxiety and all these things that are just going to continue to surface, you can rest assured that it's a it's an issue with your belief system that needs to be addressed. And praise the Lord. Every time we have that, it's a time for maturity, hmm. time to grow, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, And by God's grace, through His Spirit's power, by His Word, we can do that. And we can find our, our, our rest and our joy and our contentment, not in our comfort and not even in um, the ease of this world, but in the reality of the gospel and what Christ has done. So it's just really helpful because this is going to be an ongoing, I mean, obviously it's not going to get better. It's only going to get worse. We know that. And this is going to be a really good time for people to grow in the grace and the knowledge of Christ to grow in their understanding of what they truly believe. Most people don't believe uh, very much uh, doctrine. They don't really believe very much truth. They uh, have a weak uh, belief system, and that's demonstrated in their responses mm-hmm. when time is hard. You find out who you really are when time is hard. Mm-hmm. It's easy to demonstrate and display some sort of super-Christianity when all is well, right? It's in the midst of the furnace, i.e. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that, you know, the true faith is manifested. Mm-hmm. And that faith can be a weak faith, we know that, but it will be a true faith. And it's only un- it's only under the anvil of affliction that uh, true uh, integrity is surfaced. Mm-hmm. And that's the blessing of trials, and that's why James says, count it all joy. Because in the testing of your faith, he says, that's what the trial, that's what the stress, that's what the, the living in a, in, in a darkened world like we are is, is really helpful because it purifies our faith. It purifies our perspective. It purifies our pursuits. And we need that because we are a fickle, uh, we are a, a fickle and at times faithless people. And God in his sovereign grace is good to bring in the goading, the goads, right? You know what a goad was? Mm-hmm. That was that sharpened, big, like massive <clears throat> toothpick mm-hmm. that the ox, uh, the ox farmer would use to goad the ox to keep going forward. Mm-hmm. And he'd keep kicking, and he'd have that big, blunted stick with the point on the end and a blunt on the other end. And if that that ox kicked, he would prick himself in the leg. It would hurt. Mm. And the Lord has a way of doing that with us. He goads us into godliness, mm-hmm. often through difficult times. And and uh, and for that, I say thankful. I say thank you. I'm I'm thankful for that. And and that's what the Bible says. Be rejoice, mm-hmm. not in the not in the pain or in the difficulty, but in the result of what it does in the life of the of the of the true believer, because it conforms us into the image of Christ. And so we have we have much to be thankful for in these days. So it's funny. This isn't what I wanted to talk about, but now um, I I have to go down a, another path because it's a really good path. Yeah. And um, well, you started us. Uh, well, yeah, <laughs> I, I will take all blame. I don't <laughs> mind. <laughs> you mentioned this word, and I really think that this is a great uh, a great way to go. Okay, so the last podcast where it was just me and. Uh, I got a text from Brian Fish. It was like, yeah, a tri-weekly podcast. We're going to try weekly to, yeah, that was me. 
So, uh, so sorry. Yeah, it's my fault. Nope, it's, been, it's both of our faults. Man. Swamped, we, we got man. a lot going on. You yeah. more than me, but yeah. yeah. Um, I apologize. So the um, the 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 scripture I read was First uh, Timothy. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, sorry, Second Timothy three. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the biggest things that I was trying to highlight is one. The world looks exactly like this right now. Yeah. Um, but the big thing that uh, Paul was trying to convey to Timothy is, you know, you have so much, uh, you have so much in the scripture. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the things that I I just noticed that is not in this passage is and you just mentioned it counted all joy mm-hmm. um verse 10 of second timothy uh three you however have followed my teaching my conduct my aim in life my faith my patience my love my steadfastness my persecutions and sufferings that happened to me at antioch and in iconum and at lystra uh, which persecutions i endured yet from them all the lord rescued me mm. um indeed all who desire to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. Mm. One thing that I did not notice Mm -hmm. that he says, obviously elsewhere is that word joy. Mm -hmm. And you know, he, I mean, it's, it's kind of, you can kind of deduce it from this, that he is living through them and he's striving through them. But Mm -hmm. can you kind of go down? What really is joy? Yeah. Like what is how, how and, and especially in light of what we were just talking about, yeah. verse one through verse, uh, well, basically down through verse nine. And in, mm-hmm. in this chapter talks about all the stuff that's going to be happening. That's mm-hmm. bad. Mm-hmm. And basically, you know, a prophetic thing. And, and really it was happening then, but oh, it's yeah. definitely happening now mm-hmm. in the midst of all this. How can we count it all joy? But what is joy? Yeah. Well, in one sense, joy is is synonymous with happiness, right? Mm-hmm. So there is a sense in which when you're talking about joy, there is this synonymous uh, nature between the two. However, happiness tends in our, in our uh, world, we tend to equate that with circumstances. Mm-hmm. And so if you're going to look at it from that vantage point, which, which isn't technically correct, but if you're going to look at it from that vantage point, and many people do, then joy would be way different. Because joy is an inner contentment and peace that is driven that is driven not by your circumstances, mm-hmm. but by your convictions, mm-hmm. right? And so, ultimately, for us as believers, our joy resides in Christ, right? He is the source of our joy. He is the point of our joy. He brings us joy, and because He is our joy then we never lose joy. That's why we can rejoice, as the Bible commands us, in any situation, because we have been given Christ and we are in Christ. Mm -hmm. And so our joy is rooted and grounded and grows in Him, not in us, in the sense of my life. So I can, you know, Acts 16, I can have my feet in stocks, I can have my hands in chains, and I can be at jail in midnight and doing what? Rejoicing, mm-hmm. showing joy. That's all mm-hmm. rejoicing is, mm-hmm. is letting the joy of your heart come out through your mouth or in your life, right? And so rejoicing is just the manifestation of joy. Well, when we rejoice, what do we do? We're rejoicing in the person of God, in the person of Christ, in the person of the Holy Spirit because of the providential work of the gospel. Mm-hmm. That's our joy. Well, those things never change. 
Those things never go away. Those things never diminish. Those things never get old. Those things are, are, are solid and steady and strong. But my life is constantly changing. It ebbs and flows based upon uh, my world, based upon my health, based upon, you know, my family, whatever. You know, I can have good days and bad days by way of circumstances, by way of suffering, by way of trials, by way of whatever. And so, um, but my joy should remain steady, right? And that's why uh, we can, Romans chapter 5 rejoice in our suffering and literally that's what he says Mm -hmm. right because our joy again is not is not in me but it's in christ and what christ is doing in me through me and for me through the trial or through the difficulty whatever that is romans 8 8 28 right i know that god is working out everything every single thing for those who love him who are called according to his purpose he is working everything out for their good, which is Christ's likeness, which is the ultimate joy that even when you read the verse you were looking at at verse 10, where Paul says, you followed my teaching, my conduct, my aim in life. What was his aim in life? <laughs> it was to know Christ, mm-hmm. right? He says that in Philippians 3. Mm-hmm. It was ultimately to please the Lord, Second Corinthians 5, 9. But that pleasure for the Lord was ultimately in knowing Christ. Mm-hmm. Greatest pleasure God has in us is as we walk with Christ, as we become like Christ, as we as we bow before Christ, as we follow Christ. That brings the Father the greatest pleasure. And so for Paul, his aim in life was singular, and it was, and it was, uh, it was joy-filled. And it was to know Christ more and to know him even in his his sufferings. sufferings, Yeah. Yeah. So, so how can he do that and not be complaining and grumbling? I mean, he says later on in Philippians chapter four, I, I I have, I have the secret of contentment. Mm -hmm. I know how to be joyful when I have nothing. Mm -hmm. And I know how to be joyful when I have everything. When I'm abased, I rejoice. When I, when I abound, I rejoice. Why? And he says, Christ. Christ is the secret. I can do all things, and the all things there is that. Not, you know, I can catch a football one-handed in the you know, you know, all of the, in the Hail Mary. No, that's not, it's not about that. He says, I can do all things. I can rejoice when I'm abounding and I can rejoice when I'm abased, when I've got nothing. At every extreme circumstance in life, I have joy. Why? What's the secret? Contentment, joy. Why? Because of Christ. That's the secret. That's the, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. It's mm-hmm. knowing Christ focused on Christ because as Colossians said in Christ is hidden all the treasures and wisdom of knowledge everything is hidden and he is the source right he says John 14 I am the way the truth and the life mm-hmm. basically he says what he says in Revelation chapter 1 I am the alpha and the omega mm-hmm. I am the beginning and I am the end and I am everything in between I am life. Literally, it's what he says in John 11. I am the resurrection and the life. Mm-hmm. I am everything. Mm-hmm. It all comes out of me. And you think about it, right? He is the creator. He's Genesis 1. He's there with the Father, and Colossians 1 makes that clear. He is the one that created everything. Mm-hmm. He is the one that's holding it all together. It all it, it all uh, orbits around Christ like the sun. He is the sun 
of our entire universe, Mm -hmm. how everything functions around the sun. Take it a little further away from the sun, our universe falls apart. Pulled a little bit closer, it melts. It's Mm -hmm. all about your propensity to the sun, and everything moves around that. It is the gravity force of the entire universe. So it is with, with Christ. He is the center of everything. And when you learn to not just mentally know that, but to life live that, where that becomes your foundation and your, your dependency, your de- devotion, and your delight, that is joy. Hmm. And that's why that can never be taken away. And that's why the, 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 fl- the, fleeting, the fleeting pleasures of this world that are obviously being taken away in different ways uh, around us, they don't, they don't rattle right? A mature, godly Christian. He, mm-hmm. he Obviously, nobody wants to see suffering and nobody wants to see lies and ignorance and horrible leadership and, and wickedness. Obviously, that saddens us. So we should be saddened. We just shouldn't be shaken and we shouldn't be shocked, right? The right response always is to hate the things that God hates, to be moved like God is. And it saddens him to see the wicked prosper on the temporal level in the sense of it's it's unjust but their days coming and we follow Christ who on the cross he wasn't shaken he didn't he didn't get excited he didn't get anxious when they plucked his beard he just stood there when they reviled him he remained silent when they smacked him he turned the other cheek and first peter 2 says why not because it didn't hurt it says because he entrusted himself to him who judges justly Mm. right his focus was god mm-hmm. so ours must be and and so when we learn to grow in that and learn to live in that we learn to breathe the air of joy doesn't mean we're all walking around high-fiving each other all the time saying you know and life great when our mm-hmm. when our world is circling the drain of self-destruction right now no we weep and we mourn and we and we're sad when we see people dying of covid or or people turning away from from Christ and running into lies and debauchery, you know that doesn't that hurts us. Mm-hmm. You know we love we love people and love the truth, and we hate to see the truth malign, but it doesn't rob our joy, right? Our joy 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 is never circumstantial, but it is supernatural, right? So true joy can't come from you, and it can't come from temporal things. It comes from the Lord. It is a gift of the Lord through the gospel mm-hmm. that is the that's what we're talking about mm-hmm. when we when we talk about the 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 lord and nehemiah talked about this right in nehemiah 8 right said so the joy of the lord may, may may it be your strength mm-hmm. right they're weeping in in nehemiah after he reads the law and they're coming back from exile and they realize they haven't done any of these things they didn't even know what these were because they were in exile they didn't even speak hebrew they were totally uh, Babylonianized. They were Babylonians basically to the core because they've been living there for 70 years. They were, they were, that was their culture. And Nehemiah, you know, Ezra gets up with Nehemiah and then the priests and they read the law and they're explaining, uh, making sense. Nehemiah 8, 1 to 8, and they're making sense of the law. They're explaining it, exegeting it. And the people are just weeping. They're broken. And what does Nehemiah say? No, no, no. This is a time of rejoicing. We, we have been freed by the lord we're going to learn these things we're going to do them and he says go home go home and and rejoice how how are we going to rejoice 
may the Lord be the be the the the, the joy of the Lord be your strength. Mm-hmm. Meaning who He is, what He has done, what He will do. That's your joy. It's not your joy isn't in you. Mm-hmm. Your joy comes to you through Christ and what He has done. That it that changes everything. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and um, yeah. I mean, I think if you go over to uh, you go over to. Uh, I was going to jump in, but I was like, he's he's going, so I'm gonna let him go. Well, well if you go over here to uh, Galatians chapter five, right? But mm-hmm. the fruit of the spirit is number one, love. Mm-hmm. Number two, what? Joy. Joy. Mm-hmm. It's a work of the spirit. It's a gift of the gospel, right? Apart from the gospel, you know, you do not know joy, right? Mm-hmm. You can go to Christ. What did he say? He came, and in Christ, he came that their joy may what? Abound, be, mm-hmm. right? Be complete. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that it might be overflowing, mm-hmm. right? And Paul, or Apostle John says the same thing in First John, right? He wants their joy to be full mm-hmm. and overflowing. And, I mean, all of that comes from one place and one place alone, and that's knowing and walking with Christ. Mm-hmm. And uh, and so what do we need more uh, than ever before? We need Christ. We've always needed Christ, but we need him now more than ever. Mm-hmm. So we need to be uh, desperate disciples who delight in Christ. Mm-hmm. That's the that's it right there in a nutshell. We, we need desperate, meaning we need to recognize that we can't do this. We are just sticks <clears throat> and that have to remain attached to the vine. And uh, we need to be desperate in our need for Christ. We need to be active in following Christ as disciples. And we need to be joy-filled and devoted to Christ, delighting in him. Mm-hmm. That all that we need is all that he is and all that he has provided in the gospel. Mm-hmm. That is glorious. Yeah. No matter if my head goes to a chopping block or my health is fine, either way, mm-hmm. I got Christ. Mm-hmm. And what a blessing. Oh. I, I, there's so much that you said there. I'm trying to think of uh, a, a couple of things I did, just wanted to highlight. The, the one thing that I thought about was, uh, like, last Sunday I had to work. And then after work, um, you know, I was, okay, well, go and hang out with uh, the Douglas clan. And as I'm, as I'm hanging out with them, I'm sitting here thinking to myself, I'm like, you know, like, four years ago, I would have been going crazy hanging out with a family that doesn't have football on TV. Mm-hmm. Like I just what are you doing? Turn on the TV. There's there is a football game playing mm-hmm. right now that we all need to be watching and that needs <laughs> to be our focus. <laughs> and before I left, it was a class that we uh a training that you know the, the company went through. That was the only day they said we will never do this again on a Sunday. But that was kinda like the only day they had because we have a lot going on mm-hmm. right now. And everybody during lunch, all of a sudden, all you heard was the crowds in the background because they all turned on some type of phone or iPad or a laptop to see what is going on in football. And I was the least bit, bit interested. And I'm like, what is going on with me? I didn't. That was my delight. That was my duty. Mm-hmm. That was what I aimed for. That temporary mm-hmm. thing all the time. And it's like, I just, I don't want to do it. I got, I was asked to uh, play fan, do fantasy football this year. I'm like, I'm not doing that. Like, I can't. <laughs> like, I, I don't want to put my brain energy into that. Yeah. And uh, one of the things that you said that 
struck me and it keeps striking me every time I look at it is the notes from men's Bible study where it's joy is duty and delight. Mm -hmm. And the duty part is like, puts me in like, Oh, I'm, I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing. I have a job. I need to do that job. And the delight part is the like, not, you know, delighting in things of this world. That's one thing, but completely opposite delighting in things that are of Christ in Christ in, you know, delighting in Christ. I think that the biggest thing for the joy part is as you're going along, mm -hmm. you know, like uh, your favorite book, uh, as you're going along, there are paths that, you know, you get pulled away and you want to go down those paths. And it's just, it's, it's, it's a distraction. That's the best, yeah. best word. Yeah. The word of the day is distraction. Yeah. It's this, it's deceptive. Right. Mm -hmm. And, and this is our flesh. Our flesh is, is, um, shall we say easily deceived. Um, it's easily distracted. It's easily pulled away. We are, uh, easily, um, as the psalmist said in Psalm 119, we are easily uh, turned away from the things of God to worthless things, right? Mm -hmm. That's our, that's our nature. That's our, that's our proclivity is to play in mud, right? Mm -hmm. When the Lord offers us, you know, the joy of, of, uh, of, uh, washing ourselves in the word and in purity and in holiness, mm -hmm. right? We want to go jump in the mud puddle all the time. That's our, that's our nature. Mm -hmm. So the world, you know, Satan is, is, is always active. The world is always working and our hearts are always flickering that pilot light flame ready to go. And we see like a little flash over here mm -hmm. of something. And it's like, we're like kids. We really are like our kids, right? It's like, Oh, I want that dad. No, I want that mm -hmm. dad. And we do the same thing. Mm -hmm. And we're constantly being distracted and pulled away from the only thing that really shines, mm -hmm. the only thing that never stops shining, which is Christ, right? And his, and, and the joy and the glory of who he is as the incarnate son of God come to earth to, to redeem us, to change us, to not only rescue us, but to reform us and to complete us. And it's like, and here we are messing with this ridiculous uh, contraption or event or mm -hmm. whatever it is. And, and, and it's interesting. A lot of times those things aren't even bad in and of themselves. Obviously watching a football game, nothing wrong with that or any other thing that we often will do in and of itself isn't necessarily bad. And it doesn't need to take us away from Christ, but because we are so undisciplined and so easily distracted, we turn everything into an idol, right? We turn every an idol, nothing more. It means nothing more than that which replaces God in mm -hmm. first place in my life, mm -hmm. right? As my central focus. And so we make everything that yeah. because that's the way we are. We are, we are on so many uh, ways easily deceived and easily consumed. So think about it. We, we, for the most part, we lack, we lack, um, a balance, right? Mm -hmm. We jump into everything all in rather than, you know, hey, if I get some time, I'll watch, you know, a couple minutes of the game or I'll watch half the game or whatever to you take it, it in. It's it, all in now. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's yeah. just like, no, I'm going to put everything on hold and do this. And, and again, if you got time to do it, there's nothing wrong with that. However, what we do is we stop everything we should be doing and we do that. And mm -hmm. or more importantly, we stop doing everything else and only do that. Mm -hmm. And uh, we see this in our lives all the time. And 
And but the good thing is in in the godly man, the godly woman's life as they're growing in the Lord, and I've watched this happen so many times. And it's it's part of maturity. It's part of discipline. It's part of uh, uh, shall I say adult Christianity. As you grow, it's these other things aren't bad. I mean, they could be sinful, but I'm just saying living life and enjoying certain things or whatever, that's fine. What ends up happening is as the man of God starts to grow in the word of God and delight in the son of God, the things of this world become less and less enticing. Mm-hmm. And even the non-sinful, you know, neutral events and habits and hobbies and whatever they may be, um, they become less of his desire. They be, you know, because oftentimes we do those things to fill some kind of void or mm-hmm. to, you know, enjoy a, a, a rush of, of happiness or whatever because I like to do this or that. And again, there's obviously nothing wrong with that as long as it's not sinful. However, what happens is as the godly man grows, he finds his complete and ultimate joy in, in Christ, mm-hmm. in, in literally delighting in Christ growing in Christ and helping others do the same, i.e. his family, his children, his wife, and those around him. And what happens, I've seen it happen over and over again, is guys just start losing interest in those things in large part because they don't have time. My time is spent <laughs> studying God's Word. Right. My time is spent working as I'm commanded to and providing and spending time with my wife and mm-hmm. my children and with my brothers and sisters in the Lord. Like I don't have time. Mm-hmm. I don't have energy, and I don't have desire. Mm-hmm. Like, if you give me time, I'm going to pick up a book, and I'm going to read it about the Lord. I'm going to read my Bible. I'm going to pray. I mean, I really don't have time for anything else. Mm-hmm. And again, it's not that those things are bad. It's just I only have so much time, and I want to invest my time in the things that are going to encourage me, strengthen me, protect me, feed me, help me. And, yeah, all right, so I can give some time to the things that that won't do any of those, but they won't necessarily hurt me unless I'm, unless I'm you know, idolizing them and sinful. But it's like, no, I, I want to do the positive thing. Mm-hmm. And so I've you watch that happen and and in the godly man's life yeah and it's a blessing yeah uh sorry about the background noise we we are in a in an office in yes. a church so uh I, I, we here's hear a, everything here's, here's a verse i want to point something out though about that while you're finding that yeah. well go ahead and do that verse yeah. i want to point something out about time though. yeah so he, this takes it this kind of pulls it all together mm-hmm. right this is this is david psalm 16 at the end after he's talking about really all that the Lord has done and all that the Lord is to him. And I love this verse. I, I meditate on this verse many times. It, it, it is my, you know, my, my desire to have this. And he says, you make known to me the path of life. In your presence, there is fullness, fullness of joy. Mm-hmm. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore Mm -hmm. the godly man grows to know that yeah if i have christ and i'm walking with christ enjoying christ not this isn't some esoteric some sort of thought that i have no no you you own him in the sense of he is yours and you are his and Mm -hmm. he's the air you breathe you can't stop thinking about him and you're growing in him because you never stop and you you begin to enjoy him this is it Mm -hmm. at your at his right hand are pleasures forevermore yeah yeah here's the here's the thing that i wanted to kind of pull out with the time because i you know struggled because i was like yeah, i don't have time i don't have time for this i don't have time for that 
But what it really came down to is that I was filling my time with the wrong thing. Exactly. So I was taking, you know, hours upon hand a lot of times with useless stuff, social media, you yep. know, YouTube, yep. you know, all those things where I was like, I don't, I don't have time for this. I don't have time for that. And people make that excuse for, you know, Bible reading. I don't have time to do that. And it's Always like, have time. Well, wait a minute, what are you doing with the time that you have mm -hmm. that you aren't able to do that? Number one, number two, how early in the morning do you get up? Because you probably need to wake up a little <laughs> earlier and probably need to go to sleep a little, a, a little earlier as well so that you are able to be up as early as as you need to be and that was you know i you know i was out tell you offline and i you know get up in the morning it's like all right i'm up early now what do i do well i needed to start my day i need to get to the gym i need to read my word but it's like i pick up my phone and i look and read some articles and by the time i realize it's been an hour and a half mm -hmm. that i've been sitting here doing this concentrating and focusing on what's going on in the world mm -hmm. where I could have been doing a lot more, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, strategic or, um, beneficial, yeah. you know, you know, beneficial disciplined mm -hmm. things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's, that's what it really comes down to. So I don't, I don't want anybody else to live the lie that I was living, you know, of, I don't have enough time. You actually do have enough time, We've but you're filling it with the wrong thing. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's part of our nature. Yeah. Yeah. Part of our nature. So, yeah. but yeah, um, that wasn't what I wanted to talk about. That was an introduction. <laughs> but that was the introduction. <laughs> yeah. So you're learning from your past. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Cause, uh, your introductions are. Are, are great introductions but it's like oh i thought this is what you were talking about today <laughs> so it's a uh, sermon within the sermon yep that's exactly what it is okay so or derbs yep horse derbies <laughs> like my, like my dad used to say got any of those horse derbies <laughs> yeah so uh what i wanted to actually uh uh click on a little bit today was uh, some of the, the, the questions that I had from some of your sermons. Um, the first one is back to uh, uh, actually August. Oh, and yeah. you were talking about um, you, you a term that I never really heard of before, uh, doxological sexuality. Mm. And it's a sexuality that pleases God because it is how God planned it to be. Oh, yeah. I thought that was pretty cool um, yeah. that you you know, kind of, well, it's probably not your word, but you brought it to me. Cause it was like, I've never heard that before. It's yeah. just a, what is how it's supposed to be. And the opposite of that would be uh demented sexuality. Yes. Um, and it's a confusion. Confusion is the new clarity is what I wrote down. And Amb ambiguity is the new confidence. That's what I wrote. Yeah. yeah. And the thing about it is, is I had a question about it. One, because one of the things that you were talking about is, uh, women looking like men and men looking yeah. like women. Yeah. So I just want to know: Do you have a problem with Beverly's haircut? No, not at all. And the pants thing, not women not. wearing pants. So 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 what? What is the? Why not? Yeah. Why why not? What pants and hair? Yeah. Yeah, because a woman can wear pants and still look like a woman, and a woman can have shorter hair and still look like a woman. You know, it's about looking like a woman and a man looking like a man. And it's not necessarily pants. I mean, let's be honest, a man can wear a dress and and it's not going to help him any. You know? <laughs> and, and so it's not simply the clothes you wear. I mean, we can push that 
obviously, right? Mm -hmm. Beyond their, you know, and, and all of and, our Scottish, our Scottish yeah, brothers exa and sisters, exactly, you know, you know or brothers, I would say. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's context to that, and and there's levels to that, no doubt. And honestly, just on a practical level. I mean, our culture is doing that, even even with unisex pants, right? Used mm -hmm. to have women had their own style of pants because right. it was made for a woman because obviously her body is different than a man's and, and obviously men have pants. Well, now you're noticing that. That's becoming less and less, and, mm -hmm. and that's part of the issue. Now we're getting into a problem when right. we can't even distinguish male and female even through the clothing. That's an issue. But mm -hmm. it, obviously, if it's women's clothing, it's women's clothing, and and that's good. We should have that. But yeah, no, I'm not. I don't. I don't draw a hard line in that. You know, within reason, like I said, what what I just explained. Um, but yeah, that reality of of doxological sexuality is a big deal, mm -hmm. and I love that term. And um, I, I'm developing more to come on that. There will mm -hmm. be a lot more teaching coming on that. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it, but that's what we need. That's how God, our sexuality, um, gender and sexuality and all of that is so, is so foundational to who we are as God created us. It's no tangential thing. It's no secondary issue that I can change on a whim and decide to be whoever I feel or want or whatever God designed us that way it's his design it's his handiwork it's his purpose is tied into my gender right and my purpose is tied into the gender he gave to me mm -hmm. right it, it gives me purpose it gives me direction in life part of our part of our ministry as children of god created by in his image and by his hand is tethered to my gender gender's no secondary issue in the plan of god it's foundational mm -hmm. to do to so much of what he does and uh and of course obviously in our world right now gender is becoming a a a uh shall we say a throwaway item it's, it's doesn't matter mm -hmm. it doesn't matter you know what you are and what you think you are and who you are you know, uh, baby X can be whatever it wants to be and whatever the parents want it to be and nothing could be further than the truth we, we lose this reality of our sexual identity from f moving it from fact to fiction. We, we take it away from the reality of, of, of what is true to what is a lie. Our society will, will end. Like it's part of what defines us in society. And it's like we will, it, it's part of the plan to completely and utterly destroy society, meaning mankind mm -hmm. you take gender away then what is man mm -hmm. he just this is like this weird concoction of of matter it's evolution mm -hmm. in the worst form where it's just where everybody is deformed where everybody is this this uh um deformed uh conglomeration of of parts and pieces and junk right well that's i mean that's the heartbeat of evolution that's really all we are is just elevated forms of animals and obviously that's anti-god and and anti-image of god and so gender and sexuality and all of those uh obviously hot button topics today are hot but button theological topics the bible has a lot to say about it and especially because it's part of the formation of man 
and it's no small matter, and we need to get it right. We need to have a biblical sexual ethic. It is a big deal. It is an important deal, and we're we're reaping the negative consequences of of living lives in the church where nobody talked about sex and sexuality and these issues for so long because it was so such a taboo topic that now the culture has 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 you know by all intents and purposes has won that war has taken that over and and that's really sad because the bible has so much to say about it and uh but the church has been silent for way too long and we need obviously we need men to speak truth and to be dogmatic in in truth on these matters so our children aren't confused this is this is part of the bedrock of protecting our children from the lies of this world and the wicked one who want to tell them they can, you know, their gender doesn't matter and their uh, biological sex is of no, no value and no nothing to them. And obviously that'll destroy them. That'll mm-hmm. de- utterly destroy them, which is what it's doing already. And, um, yeah, you take the gender away from the person and you make that fluid and that person begins to lose uh, so much of who they are. And that's the whole plan, right? Just mm-hmm. break the person down to nothing. And then, of course, build them up into a into a whole nother image. I mean, that's Satan's plan. Mm-hmm. And, um, but, and, and it makes sense because if Satan is trying to destroy humanity, then, one, he would take away their jobs. Well, he, you know. he wants to destroy God. Oh, okay. And he can't, obviously. Mm-hmm. So he destroys, always, he goes after what is precious to God. And mm-hmm. obviously humanity and and uh, the church and all these things, the mm-hmm. family. and I mean, that's why he does that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, he can't kill God. He can't destroy God. He can't hurt God in that sense. So he, he hurts the ones that God obviously creates and... It's always trying to undermine, always trying to mimic, always trying to outdo God. I mean, that's his plan, and we know that, and so much of this is just that. He's remaking. He, he, he can't make humanity, right, because he's, he's just a created being. He has no power to create like God, um, so he can't do that in the sense of from nothing, ex nihilo, like God did. And so what he does is he seeks to remake, man, he reshape, he reshaped leadership in the garden he reshaped he reshaped marriage in the garden he mm-hmm. reshaped the garden right mm-hmm. that's what he does he he tries to take it and then reshape it to his own liking which is generally a complete opposite mm-hmm. of what god has done so he takes a man and now he's a woman takes a woman and now he's a man and this is what satan does he oh he seeks to overturn everything mm-hmm. and marriage is between a man and a woman now marriage is between man and man and woman and woman Right, mm-hmm. marriage is foundational of society. Not anymore. We don't need marriage. Mm-hmm. Family is the key to to the structure and stability of society. Nope, we'll tear the family down. You know, and like you can see, this is what he does. Mm-hmm. And you can take everything that God ordains and utilizes to hold things together, and that's what Satan will ultimately destroy. The government, obviously designed by God, to be a stable source of protection in uh, establishing security for humanity to fulfill the law of God, to fulfill the creation mandates. That's the reason government exists, so that man has a, has a clear path, a clear road, an open road to fulfill what, what God created him to do, mm-hmm. to be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and have dominion and, and serve the Lord. That's why God, mankind is created. That's, 
mankind's responsibility before God, government is brought in so that man can do that. And obviously Satan overturns all of that. Mm-hmm. And he totally disrupts government so that government now prohibits man from doing that. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, you, you, it, it's not rocket science. You can see this, and this is how this works. And But yeah, so the... A doxological sexuality is one that understands is, is is an individual that understands their sexuality as as a gift given to them by God for the purpose of worshiping and glorifying God. They understand that their sexuality isn't a tangential, uh, foolish thing that is flippant and for their pleasure. It, it, it is a gift and it is a tool and it is a it is foundational to to who they are and in their uh, worship and life and ministry to the Lord so that it is all utilized and all given to the glory of God. Mm. Not just the act of sex. When you say sexuality, I'm not talking about, really, I'm, I'm very limited in talking about the act of sex, though that's, that's a small part of it. I'm talking about who your sexual identity is by your biology given to you by God and, and making sure those are wedded together in, in cement that cannot be broken, that your, bio, your, your biological identity is your sexual identity because that's what God has stamped upon you. And obviously, undeniably, no matter what you do, you, you can't get away from it. Even your DNA will prove it. And so um, very, very important. I look forward to saying a lot more about that, uh, probably the beginning part of next year. That'll come out. Mm-hmm. Along with uh, Mark 13, right? Oh, yeah, that's coming. Yeah. That storm's brewing, brother. <laughs> we, we, we we blew that storm a little bit last time, didn't we? Didn't we let, we let the waves roll roll out a little bit from we, that? We did. Think, actually, that was the last time I was here, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. It yeah, was the last yeah. time. That's, that why, we, that's why I didn't come back. That's, that's why I didn't come back. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't think that that was the reason why you didn't come back. I think that you... <laughs> You you want to talk about it, but you 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 don't want to talk about it just yet. Exactly. It's like yeah. you want to kind of. It's the suspense. You're just building yeah. that suspense. Either that, or I have so many other things on my mind. I just can't find that file <laughs> folder yet. <laughs> That's I don't my know. World. That's my world, if, man. If, if I know Pastor Matt well enough, he is already uh, uh, <laughs> uh, head or eyes deep in that text right there, and he's. Yeah. He is preparing and he is writing notes and oh. listening to sermons and the Greek and 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 taking it back to the, all the the cross reference. I, I know you already in it. Listen, babe. man, I wish, no way. I wish you could be in the TSI class. I wish you could be in there and see what we're doing in that class. Oh my word, we're having so much fun. Yeah, that scares and me. The hermeneutics. <laughs> that scares. Oh me. man. Uh, the, yeah. See, the the thing about that is, it's like. The the TSI like I, I so want to be in there. I so want to be We're having so there. much fun. I, I I just two and a half hours last night. Two and a half hours straight. Just not I not stopping going hard into the reality of Bible exegesis and hermeneutics. Oh, it's so much fun. Yeah. See I that to me I'm just like I just need to be a fly on the wall for yeah. stuff like that. You should just drift in one day and just just say I'm just I'm gonna take it in. I'm just gonna put my finger up and just slide, right. slide slide right into the back <laughs> back pew. Just 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 do that. So, yeah. well, yeah, uh, I I think that 
if anything, I, I want you to talk about uh, what exegesis is because some people don't know what that is. Oh, that's. And then once you talk about that word, uh, eisegesis, yes. and then the third word will be narcissus. <laughs> <laughs> I need you to talk about uh, those three words because yeah. <laughs> I want to make sure people know what they are. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that. That's awesome. Yeah, um, yeah exegesis is just. It, it, it so hermeneutics is the principles. Herman who? Yeah, exactly. It's hermeneutics. Actually a good book you should get. Yes, hermeneutics is the principles of Bible interpretation. The principles of sound Bible interpretation. Right. There are underlining principles on how to read and study the Bible. That's what hermeneutics is all about. Exegesis is the practice of sound Bible study. So it's essentially when you take those principles and you put them into practice, you are moving from the theory, if you will, of hermeneutics to the practice of exegesis. So mm -hmm. you're just putting it into practice. And so exegesis, uh, the word itself literally means uh, drawing meaning out of the text. Mm -hmm. So when we exegete, uh, the <clears throat> beginning part of that word comes from the Greek word ek, which is the, fr uh, which is the preposition from or out of. And so you're drawing the truth from the text. You're, you're, you're not bringing truth to the text. That's mm -hmm. eisegesis. Mm -hmm. Eis is the Greek word into. Mm -hmm. So you have ek, the Greek preposition out of or from, versus eis, the Greek preposition into or in. And so you have this reality of one Bible student will take the meaning of the text out of the text. He, it's a, exegesis is a discovery journey. So when you study... We just lost. Oh, there we go. We're back. We're back. Yeah. When we when you when you truly study the Bible, it is a discovery mission. You go on a mission to discover the author's intended meaning, and it is a journey like no other. And so, uh, you know what? I need a new cord. That's what exactly what it is. I got this old school cord. That's it. I didn't touch anything. It just did it on its own. It's it's. I think it's telling us that it's time for it to go. Yeah, that's and good. And I think I need to just go ahead and uh, and grant its last wish. There we go. We yeah. can do that. This would be the this would be the uh, the final recording for this one particular cord. We will exegete that cord. <laughs> we will pull it out of its place because it's narcissistic right will, now. And we will exegete the next cord. Put it into its place. There you go. There so, you go. There you go. I explained the. I explained the meanings of those. You know what I was thinking of while, <laughs> as you were talking? I was thinking about if, let's just to say that yeah, God is the chef, and he's making a big old pot of chili. Okay. So you, as a pastor, you go up and you scoop that chili out, and you take it to the sheep, right? There you go. Uh, a bad the, pastor. I'm just a waiter. Right. A bad pastor would go and put some salt, put some you know some some garlic add to the add to it and yeah. then try to take it to them but it's yeah. not it's it's not the actual recipe of yeah. the cheap the, the the chief chef yeah is that is, is that a yeah, good I way would, to do it i would say i would say a false teacher w wouldn't even uh, mess with the chili he'd bring in a cereal right he, yeah he'd create a whole nother meal yeah and and steve furtick since he's a narcissist <laughs> he would he would put a, a seasoning with his face on it into it and then it will be half of the seasoning and half a chili. I'm just, I'm just best with you. <laughs>
So I forgot about that word. Yeah. So I, I was like, I had to stop and pause there just one quick second so you could kind of explain uh, what that is. So um, one of the things that I do want to ask you about and uh, the uh, before we end this for our cord died. Yeah. I don't know what is going on with that. Um, <laughs> back in uh, Mark chapter 10 verse or the uh the the sermon actually was the um the one about uh the uh the guy uh, rich young rich young ruler yep um starts in 10:17 right one thing that i wanted you to kind of give more information on yeah you said that he had the wrong so your third point was wrong view of the gospel mm-hmm. and he had a wrong view of christ he had a wrong view of god he had a wrong mm-hmm. view of man he had a wrong view of the gospel and he had a wrong view of life mm-hmm. now yeah. one thing that you said that kind of stuck out to me is Jesus' response was you lack one thing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you said that the one thing was he was missing the main point yeah philippians 3 is what you quoted mm-hmm. counted all as lost this one thing Forgetting what lies behind, forgetting, yep. um, uh, forgetting what lies behind, and pressing towards the mark. The one thing, can you give me a little bit more about what that one thing is? Because yeah. it seems to me that he wasn't like, was it that he wasn't focusing on Christ, or was it that he was focusing on self, or yeah. like the one thing? Yes, because yeah, it answer, doesn't. Yeah, go ahead. So, so in the text itself. Stay with the text. Verse 21. And Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said to him, you lack one thing. Go sell all that you have and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven and come follow me. Well, I mean, if you get hung up in the in the verbiage of one thing, like there's just one thing he has to do or one thing. You know, that's what I'm doing. I'm getting yeah, caught up. Yeah, in that. because if you read the text, mm-hmm. he, he, Jesus tells him to do a lot more than one thing. Mm-hmm. He tells him, sell everything you have, there's one, and give to the poor, there's two, and you will have treasure in heaven. Come, there's three, and follow me, there's four. So mm-hmm. if you're going to sequentially, you know, in a linear fashion, follow what Jesus says, he says way more than one thing. There's some pretty big things in there. And yet, in reality, he's talking about one thing. He's talking about the reality of the gospel, right? He totally, this was it. He totally had a wrong view of who Christ is. He only saw Christ as a moral teacher, right? He didn't see Christ as the Messiah. He didn't see Christ as the long-awaited Son of God. He did not see Christ as the Savior, right? He just saw Christ as a good teacher. He did He did not see his need to be rescued. All only thing he saw was, his need to get more information. I just need more. Just tell me what I need to do and I'll do it. He was not desperate and utterly hopeless, right? And so he was completely consumed with himself, with his strength, with his intelligence, with his pedigree, with everything. The one thing he needed was exactly what Christ says over and over again. You need to die to yourself, deny yourself, take up your cross and follow me. I mean, that's why he says that. Sell everything, die to yourself, meaning put all your riches and all your security, yourself, aside. 
give it all away, and come and follow me. That's exactly what he said in Romans or in uh, Mark chapter eight when he tells Peter and he brings out the gospel. You must deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow me. This is it. This is the one thing. The one thing he needed to turn away from himself and turn to Christ. Notice, I find it very interesting, right? Because um, when he says, you know, good teacher, there he is at the beginning of verse 17. He's totally missing who Christ is. What must I do to inherit eternal life? And then he goes on and he says, why do you call me good? There's no one good except God alone, right? And it's, it's really a jab. Christ is like, so are you saying that I'm God? Because you're telling me good. Do you know who I am? God in the flesh. And and so it's, it's very, very interesting uh, when you follow the text because then at the end here, when he says, sell all your possessions, give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. And notice he doesn't say, he doesn't say, and obey God or worship God. He says, come and follow me. It, it's a massive point in the in the calling that he is looking at him and going, I'm your answer. I'm the way to heaven. You can't work your way to heaven. You can't get there by by doing anything. You have to rely on me. You have to follow me. I am the road. I am the way. I am the life. And that's the one thing. The one thing is Christ. He is the one thing. Mm-hmm. He is the the one door, right? Christ said, I'm the door. He is the one way. I am the way. He is the one truth. He is the truth. He is the one life. It's only life in Christ. He is the good shepherd. He's the resurrection. He's everything. He is the one and only ultimate answer to everything that we need. And that's the one thing he lacked. He lacked the reality of giving up all that he had to follow Christ. He clearly was a moral man. He clearly was a religious man. But he clearly was not a a um, uh, desperate man. He he hadn't reached the point, and I pray one day he did. And you know we don't know, but in the text, obviously he doesn't in the moment. And and the one thing he lacked was to realize he needed to stop trusting in himself, and he needed to see Christ for who he is, and throw himself literally, full all or nothing on the lordship of christ where christ is all and that's that's obviously what he needed and so christ is just going after his heart when he says give away your riches give it to the poor and come and follow me it's not about you and what you want it's about me what i want Mm -hmm. and that's the one thing he was living for himself so he had all his wealth he had all his riches he had everything and now he's trying to get to heaven on his own terms everything this man has done has been has been on his own terms in his own way in his own strength and the one thing he needed was to give up his terms, give up his strength, give it, give it all up, and follow the Lord. That makes total sense. And that makes me kind of sad, too, because I think of some of the friends that, or people, I can't call them friends necessarily, but the people I've kind of come across that have a lot, that are pretty successful, very rich, have a lot of money. Yeah. And it's like, and I kind of get discouraged because it's like I don't know how to share the gospel with them because they are already at the point of like I have everything that I need. Yeah, they don't need anything. And yeah. and and the the key to the gospel is desperation. <clears throat> mm-hmm. The key to godly living is desperation. Mm-hmm. The key to joy-filled living is desperation. Desperation mm-hmm. is so key. 
desperation meaning you you recognize your inadequacy you recognize your insufficiency you recognize you can't do it i can't fix it i can't accomplish it i can't do it i need christ right and i mean christ is the one that said apart from me you can do nothing so desperation is the doorway to the gospel no one comes to heaven until they are desperately lost no one no one giggles through the pearly gates, as Steve Lawson says, right? No one comes through the, the doorway of heaven high-fiving, right? We mm -hmm. come low. We come desperate. We come broken. Mm -hmm. Well, the problem, this is, this is the issue with the wealthy man. The wealthy man, it, it's hard for him to be desperate because he's self-sufficient. He can get whatever he wants. He can buy whatever he wants. He's got reputation and earns respect or earns whatever favor with people. And so literally, he, he's the, he knows nothing about desperation. And if you don't know anything about desperation, you know nothing of faith because faith is the response of the desperate heart. Mm. When the desperate heart is dead, meaning I have no other options, that's when the cry of faith comes. Mm -hmm. And this man lacked one thing. He was totally living in the uh, strength of himself. Mm -hmm. Well, that's the heart of every man. That's how we're born. This is it. And that's why Christ is saying that it's hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven because he doesn't see himself clearly. He doesn't see the need. He And so what you can really classify humanity in these categories you have those who openly reject christ right which is obviously most most of mankind but then you have the religious people in some form or fashion that seek to just they simply add christ to their life and that's what this guy was doing so he was still lord of his life and he was still captain of his ship but christ was just there to go along the ride to make his ship a little bit better right like mm -hmm. another treasure in his chest mm -hmm. he's got christ and then the third category of people are those who are desperate and have abandoned all to follow christ because they have nothing else and obviously it's the third category that are the true believers that are the true disciples of christ first are the openly rejected people obviously they are not the second are the matthew sevens the ones who say, Lord, Lord, did we not do this in your name, that in your name? What are those people? Those are the ones who are on the wide road of religion. Remember, the wide and narrow road isn't the narrow road of religion and the wide road of, of rebellion. No, they're both religious roads. Mm -hmm. One leads to truth. The other one leads to death. And so they're on the wide road of modern man-centered, man-derived religion, just like this man, working their way, going their own terms, like in Pilgrim's Progress, jumping over the fence to go by their own route. And they're like, mm -hmm. where are your papers? I don't need the papers. Mm -hmm. uh, we've been, our, our people from our country have been jumping over the fence and going this way forever. <laughs> you mm -hmm. know, and, and Christian and faithful are like, oh, it's not going to work. Now, nah, what do you know? And, you know, obviously they, they don't last very long, you mm -hmm. know. And that's what happens. And obviously that's what this guy was doing. And that's what most people, most people we know in our spheres have never truly abandoned all to follow Christ. They've never truly been desperate because they obviously haven't been confronted with the truth of Scripture to see their dead, depraved, and decadent hearts, right? Meaning decadent in, in, the, in the living, the wild, sinful, rebellious life that we all live in the quietness of our hearts, searching out the lust of our flesh and, and uh, uh, like the rest of mankind, Ephesians 2 children of wrath right when you see that when that comes face to face with you 
that's an Isaiah 6 moment. That's a legitimate come mm, to Jesus yeah. moment, mm-hmm. right? Most people have never had that. Mm. Most people know nothing about that. Here's why. Most people don't want that. They do not want, they, as, as we would say in my culture, they do not want Jesus to go meddling with their life. <laughs> Jesus done went meddling, mm-hmm. and I went the other way. Like, mm-hmm. don't mess with my life. Mm-hmm. But if you'll, if you'll jump onto my U-Haul, and you can come along for the ride. Mm-hmm. You can be just another, another, you know, treasure that I have in my chest. I'll take you, Jesus. Just don't ask anything of me. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the gospel that the modern church preaches. Mm-hmm. Take Jesus. He he won't he won't mess with you. He'll make everything better. Uh, not according to my gospel. Mm-hmm. Not according to my Bible. You take Jesus. He is going to take everything from you. He's going to take it all away, so that he can build it all back in the way that God designed it to be, which is everything. And, uh, but see, that's where most people are. They just add Jesus to their life so that Jesus will make their life better. That's all this guy was doing. Mm-hmm. What must I do to inherit? I've done this, I've done this, I've done this. What's the next thing? And Jesus is like, yeah, you're missing it. Well, you know, it's, it's, you talked about your culture. My culture is one of the big things they say is try Jesus. Oh, yeah. And, you know, it's like, oh, you tried everything else. Try Christ now. Try, try, try. try. I've tried him and I know him. That's what they say. So here's the thing about that phrase. Yes, I used to remember uh, when I was a kid growing up, I remember the bumper sticker that used to say, or I think it was a shirt. I think I saw it on a shirt. Try Jesus, the devil will take you back. You know, and it's like, it's like <laughs> oh my goodness, you don't try Jesus. Right. You know, that's not how that works because nobody, nobody will try Jesus. It's, mm-hmm. it, yeah, it's it's a it's an irrational, <clears throat> illogical statement that mm-hmm. contradicts scripture. But anyway, I I get it. Yeah, it's and and that's the that's the thing. It's like I've like not the abandoning part, like. I have all like I, I think of you know your namesake Matthew you know yep. you know Levi yep. I think of him where he literally was on top of the world and dropped it all and just left yep. and which in looking back it's like his excuse me friends coworkers are looking at him like are you crazy mm-hmm. like you have you're on top you have everything you have Rome in your pocket you have money in your pocket you have everything and he just left Paul yeah yeah. It, I mean, just an amazing like story of that. And then you have people who are like, man, I'm missing something in my life. You know what? I think I'll go to church. I think mm-hmm. I'll go to church. And it, I was reminded of this a few weeks ago uh, when we were uh, thinking through the um, <laughs> uh, the sad reality of what 9-11 did. And mm-hmm. I remember hearing yeah. people saying that churches that Sunday were filled to capacity. And part of it, I'm going to make a recommendation on a podcast you should listen to. Um, This podcast, it's from the uh, Center for Expository Preaching. John Mm -hmm. MacArthur's Center for Expository Preaching. Uh, It's basically telling the story of how John MacArthur got into ministry. Uh, Just a phenomenal podcast. Mm -hmm. You have to listen to it. And uh, it's the exact opposite of that other podcasts from this summer the rise and fall of mars hill exact opposite of that one they actually mentioned it in this podcast but it's you you have to listen to it it's really good but he was talking about what uh john MacArthur preached 
on nine, you know, the Sunday after nine eleven, and you know the evening service where nobody left and he went for like two hours. Mm-hmm. I was reminded of that because I just think about what the world would look like now if instead of people just blaming God and putting all of this stuff on God, which obviously is not going to change, it's going to get worse. If they say, "Well, let me, maybe I should go to church," you know, maybe I should do this and maybe I should try that, but the thing about it is few Sundays after that churches were just back to regular capacity again That's how it works. because they were not uh, abandoning everything. Mm-hmm. They were literally just trying to add and trying, so, you know, seeing what they can try in order to have a better life. Yeah. It brings were, it back to joy. It's, it's situational. Yep. You know, it's a situational thing. They were trying to fill a void rather than ultimately fix the problem. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's what man always does. They'll try to fill this void, which is feelings driven, mm-hmm. right? Rather than fix the problem, which is heart derived. Yeah. And that's desperation is heart derived. I know that my heart is wicked and I need it. I, need, I can't fix it. Mm-hmm. I can't change my nature, mm-hmm. right? I, I know that. But if I've got like a void where I'm just feeling bad, bad, I'm feeling down, I'm feeling scared, I'm feeling whatever. Well, that's what man does. He responds to it and he goes and tries to fill that void change that feeling and that's generally what that happens when you have those moments of crisis laden conversions and whatever but that aren't true conversions they're not true desperate uh relinquishing of everything to follow christ because they're just trying to fill voids Mm -hmm. rather than than really addressing or fixing the problem which obviously is sovereignly gifted through the gospel alone and that always comes with complete repentance and faith yeah definitely yep so yeah, um, a few final thoughts. I want to just ask you: um, do, do you know what the uh, the Just Thinking podcast is going to be on that they're going to uh, record live? No. <laughs> so uh, I encourage everyone to listen to their last podcast. They kind of go through. They do like an intro to G three, and uh, they're going to do a live recording. I, I completely, I, 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 I don't, I don't ever think this is going to happen. They say it's going to be an hour long. I'm like, yeah, whatever. Your your podcast is usually three hours long, <laughs> and even worse, the topic. Watch this: the topic. So the topic of the entire conference is Christ. Yeah, and it you know obviously you have some amazing speakers that are going to be there. They said that there may be a live stream, so there's hope for people that aren't going. Yeah, uh, you have John MacArthur, Vody Bakum, Conrad and Bway, Paul Washer, Steve Lawson. Um, I mean, just a phenomenal line. Mike Riccardi. I, I finally get to meet Mike Riccardi. Like, it's just a phenomenal lineup of people. So they said, uh, uh, Daryl and um, Good Grief Omaha said that they are going to do a podcast, a live podcast, and the name of the topic is anti the Antichrist of black liberation theology. <laughs> I say y'all are going to do that in an hour. Y'all, y'all have y'all are crazy. Y'all, y'all are crazy. So, y'all so, have gone John the Baptist on me. It's so true, though. I mean, I'm with them. I mean, <laughs> my last CRT class, that's what I was sh- It's opposite, you know, real truth, fake truth. Mm-hmm. Real sin, fake sin. Real gospel, fake gospel. Yeah. Real God, fake God. I mean, it, mm-hmm. it mirrors. It mirrors everything. It's, but see, here's Real the thing. justice, fake justice. Y- y'all are taking weeks. Yeah. 
to break it down weeks <laughs> and they're talking about they're gonna do it in an hour oh yeah yeah it's not gonna happen well we know that we know their mo we know that won't happen yeah i'm i'm very excited about uh the the conference um i honestly have never been to a conference like this i missed basic last time so i watched some of it uh i missed that uh never been to oh, truth matters never been to shepherd's conference none of these none of these good conferences it's you know be, it's gonna be a blessing you know I, I i really really look forward to it I, I literally have not been yeah i can't think of any that i've actually gone to in the past that were strictly for this purpose that had the caliber of of preachers and speakers that that, that are coming this time so we got yeah. a good group going too yeah I, I don't even know who's going. I just I, I'll just I'm just like look, uh, me and Beverly were like look, uh, <laughs> what, what are we gonna do? I was like I want to go. She's like well you can't go without me, and I was like okay well let's go. So yeah it's gonna be fun. I love it. Yeah we, you, you're yeah you guys are gonna have a good time together. Yeah Pretty we're going support. down a, a day earlier as well just good. to kind of do the touristy stuff. Take it know? in. Take it in. And uh, then you know coming back so. By the time you hear this podcast, we will already be in uh, Atlanta, Georgia, Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, but it's going to be fun. Pray for us as we travel as well. But uh, I want to encourage everyone uh, to, if you can, look at the live stream of it. It's going to be uh, a lot of great stuff. The The breakout sessions are going to be uh, like we used to say back in the day, off the chain. You well, know. maybe, maybe, maybe we can get uh, get you on with uh, Omaha and and Virgil. Yeah, that's not gonna happen. We'll get you Omaha on. Omaha and Virgil are the same people. Oh, uh, Daryl, Daryl. That's it, Daryl Harrison. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I, it, the I, hour is late and my mind is <laughs> clogged. But no, uh, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm let them do their thing. I, I think I'm we should stay have out a, the way. a special guest podcaster. Nope. But if anything, I'm gonna say y'all need to have Matt up there, Buddy Boom, just to talk with. We get just talk Buddy with Boom. I'm gonna be sitting. I'm gonna be sitting in the in in the pew. Say you better preach. Where the Hammond be three? <laughs> That's what I would be doing. I, I can I can I can hear it now. That's all I would be doing. Yeah, so. we get Daryl and Virgil. Where's is there a Buddy Boone in the audience? Yeah, Buddy, we've heard about we've heard about you. No, no I'm, I'm, I'm gonna tell you like I'm just a slave. <laughs> I'm just a slave. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Yep. Thank you all for uh, listening and tuning in today. Um, this is. Uh, like I said, we're going to try weekly to, to do this podcast. <laughs> I cannot tell you that it's going to happen, but uh, we please, will try. please know that we have uh, some, valiant effort yeah, we're going to make. We valiant always effort. try, and uh, I'm, I'm definitely open to a lot of your – I just this Recording this, at 3 in the morning, maybe. If we start doing that, we might be able to make it happen. We probably could. It's about the only slot left in my time frame. <laughs> probably that, that actually might work out. Yeah. And the the uh, I, this was just like a, a mashup episode because I had all of these questions from the sermon that I just needed to get out, and there was no way to kind of talk through everything at one time. So, excuse me, we have so many topics because we didn't even touch – on the questions that I have to kind of review the things with CRT. Yeah. I need to pull Walt in here as well, yeah. Elder Walt, who I just found out knows so many other people that I know. It's oh, crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so he knows, knows everybody knows everybody. He knows everybody. <laughs> yeah. So um so I I wanted to pull him in as well because there's so many questions that I have. Even though he is very clear and precise what he does, you know, it'd be great to just have a conversation with him about, you know, the the uh 
the debacle of CRT he's, and, and all he's those done things. done a wonderful job. Absolutely, 100%. Wonderful job. So thank you all for tuning in, and uh, we will see you all next time. Take care. This is the gospel of Jesus Christ. The biblical gospel starts with God. Out of nothing, God made everything, including you and me, to bring himself much pleasure. His purpose for us as humanity was to love, obey, and enjoy him perfectly. Instead of this, man has sinned against our loving creator and acted in rebellion. Since God is good and just, he must punish sin that deserves eternal conscious punishment under God's wrath in hell. But God, being merciful, loving, and gracious, had a plan to punish sin, and so be a just judge, and yet forgive sinners, and so display mercy, by sending his own Son, Jesus Christ, the co-equal and co-eternal Son of God, to take on human flesh, fulfilling his perfect requirements in the place of sinners, loving, obeying, and enjoying him perfectly. Furthermore, Jesus bore the full wrath of God upon the cross, and he satisfied the eternal anger of God, standing in a place of sinners, though he was himself perfectly sinless. God showed his acceptance of Christ's sacrifice by raising Jesus from the dead after three days in the grave. Now Jesus commands everyone, everywhere, to repent, turn from their sin, and believe, trust in him. This is the glorious transaction. God then charges Christ's perfection to the sinner and no longer views him as an enemy, but instead an adopted son and daughters covered in the perfect righteousness of his son. We can now have peace with God and have eternal life with him forever. It's true for every person in every culture, in every place, in every language through all time. So our response to this good news is repentance and faith. Dear hearer, Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Turn from your sins. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. And this day, be reconciled to God. Thanks for tuning in today. Please subscribe to the podcast and leave a comment. If you have a question, please send them to thetruthtalkspodcast at gmail.com. Visit our Instagram and Twitter at The Truth Talks Podcast and visit our website at bellcroftbiblechurch.org. Delighting in the word that we might walk in the truth. A ministry of Bellcroft Bible Church.